everybody. This is Business Made Simple podcast producer Bobby Richards. And before we start, I want to announce an all-new course that's available at Business Made Simple University. It's Negotiation Made Simple. Here's the thing. Not knowing how to negotiate could be costing you a great deal. And by great deal, I mean a lot of money. When you take the new Negotiation Made Simple course, you'll become a terrific negotiator who can win a negotiation and everybody involved will love the outcome. After taking this course, you'll know why it's important to make the opening offer, why you should go below the line, how to choose between the two main types of negotiation, and why negotiation is less about manipulative tactics and more about following a process. Grow as a business professional and produce more win-win outcomes in work and in life. Get access to the Negotiation Made Simple course at negotiationmadesimple.com. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast, the best place to grow yourself, the best place to grow your team, and the best place to grow your business. This week, we'll show you how demonstrating empathy and unlocking pure common sense will help grow your business and make you more money. Our host, Donald Miller, dives deep with Martin Lindstrom, author of the Ministry of Common Sense and expert at helping businesses all over the world unleash their common sense. Now to get started, here are our co-hosts, Kula Callahan and Dr. J.J. Peterson. J.J. Yes, Kula. I have a question for you. Okay, go. Is humanity important? <laughs> is humanity Seriously. important? Hmm, yes. Yeah, are he, like in general, like is humanity? <laughs> what <are> you... <laughs> okay, let me give you a little bit of color okay. here because Context. that was, I mean, I'm surprised you didn't have a really poetic answer for yeah. it. However, is it important to maintain a sense of real humanity when you are doing business with people? And here's what I mean by that. There are so many scenarios, particularly with customer service stuff, but also in just in business in general, right? Yeah. How you run your business how you interact with customers, how you provide your customer experience and how effortless it is or is not. The most powerful filter, really, that you can view all of that through is the filter of common sense. Yeah. We talk about it all the time in our marketing workshops. Yeah. People make it so dadgum hard for their customers to do business with them. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, you guys, if you put obstacles in front of your cash register and make people jump over hurdles in order for them to give you cash... They're not going to give you cash because you're making it hard. Use common sense. Make this easy. There are lots of companies out there who, of course, know the value in having systems and processes for yeah. running their business because yep. without it, it's kind of like just pure chaos. Yep. However, I feel like it gets to a certain point where you've just over-systemized and over-processed your yes. business and it becomes very robotronic and you yeah. lose that sort of sense of human connection and yes. humanity yes. in your business. And I think it's costing us. Yes, <laughs> because here, let me give you an example. Tell me. I hate being a bad guy. Like, you well, know, this you're like, a bad guy. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Billie Eilish. <laughs> I hate I hate being a bad guy. And I hate when companies make me feel like I have to be a bad guy in order to get the service I need. I'm starting to get a little ragey here, but <laughs> okay. here's the way it kind of works is that I recently had a problem with a rental car company. Oh, God. Yeah. And I had returned the car on time. Yeah. They did not write it down properly, and they charged me extra for not coming back on That's time. Absolutely right? not for me. So I had the receipt and everything. I called. I was working with customer service. I went to the counter. Nobody could give me the, like, nobody could give me a solution that was going to be acceptable because they were charging me money that I did not owe them. And you're like, I clearly turned the I car in. I clearly turned the car yeah. in. So I 
posted something on Twitter yes, about it. Did. And you I went on Twitter. Down, yeah, JJ. I went on Twitter and I posted something about it. Immediately got a response. Now, even though I ended up getting the money back that I deserved from the beginning, right. I don't want to do business with this company anymore. So they've lost you. They've lost me. Yeah. When in the very beginning, I understand that their processes say we cannot give a refund based on this. You need to mail in your receipt and you right. need to do it. And I was like, no, just put it back on my credit card. Right. It's, it's not that hard. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. You just could have looked at this situation with some common sense. I feel like we just throw common sense out the window so often. Yeah. And it's tarnishing our reputation. It's frustrating our customers. And it's also frustrating our employees as well. Yeah. And so I'll go back to your original question. Uh, what you said is humanity important, <laughs> you know, and, I, and when you asked that, I was like thinking in the broad, like world, like a do. serial philosophical. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of what I wanted you to do. I so know. thanks for delivering. Well, but the reality is when it comes to doing business and when it comes to customer service, we need to treat our customers like we would want to be treated. Period. Is that what we call the golden rule? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. It's a golden rule. Treat others how you would want to be treated and use common sense totally. in that space. We need to, I think, really in this season especially, get back to a place of empathy. Yes. Of a place where we look at our customers and we say, how would we want to be treated in this situation? Yeah. Bring the humanity back into it. Yeah. And in the story brand framework, we talk about this all the time. Right. So we, we tell people that when you're doing your marketing and messaging, you need to position your customer as the hero mm -hmm. of the story mm -hmm. and you are the guide. So you are Obi-Wan Kenobi and they are Luke Skywalker. Yes. You're trying to help them win the day totally. through your product or service. And part of being a good guide is to have empathy. Empathy is like, I understand yep. what you're going through. Hey, JJ, I am so sorry we overcharge you for this. I get how frustrating that is. Yes. Let me help you fix it. Yeah. So empathy really is just communicating to your customers and even to your employees. Hey, we understand yeah. that what you're dealing with is really frustrating and we have a plan to get you out of it. Yeah. It's good for the world and it's good for business. That's totally. what it comes down to, right? right? That when you can step into a situation where you have empathy and treat your customers like you would want to be treated then you will retain customers. You will get word of mouth advertising. You will get more money. Bottom line. The great thing is Don actually got to talk with Martin Lindstrom, who's an expert in this space. Yes. He is an expert at helping businesses understand how to use common sense to connect with customers, empathize with their problems, and ultimately build their businesses. So Don gets really in the weeds with Martin on how to actually do that, what steps you can take to train your employees and your entire team on how to incorporate common sense and the humanness of business into your operation. And it's fascinating. It is. He's really the world leader in this. Yeah. We're so lucky to have him on the podcast today with Don. Martin, I, I'm suspecting that the problem is without common sense, if we don't build our companies with common sense, it's going to lead to just a big bureaucratic system that's slowing us down, probably less creativity, probably less innovation. Tell me, how do you define common sense? I mean, what do you mean when you say common sense? Well, common sense is really seeing things as they are and doing things as they ought to be done. Or if you said it in another way, it is to treat consumers and employees as they themselves would expect to be treated. Uh -huh. And here comes the problem. We do not know how they would like to be treated because we're more busy building up systems and structures, guidelines and rules and regulations internally so we can protect ourselves from chains. It's almost like you say, hey, I want to keep this. I want to clinch on to what I'm good at. So you slowly drift away from the real world 
And that's where you have that gap. And that gap really links back to two things, lack of common sense. But really, if I nail it down to the essence of this, it really is the loss of empathy because empathy and common sense are directly correlated, really. Give me an example. What does a lack of common sense look like in a workplace? When somebody calls you and says, uh, we're struggling with this problem and you know common sense is the answer, what is the problem that they're struggling with? <laughs> I can give you a lot. I was working with one of the largest banks around. And as I went through the headquarters, I landed at 19th floor. And there you had this wonderful lady. She was from compliance. And I asked her, what are you doing? She said, listen, I'm creating rules. Oh, I said, so just for fun, I said, so how many rules have you produced during your career here? She said, 1,287 <laughs> rules. I said, wonderful. I said, and then she gave me this big volume. Do you remember the Yellow Pages books yes, back yeah. in the days? She gave me six of those. So I flicked through them while talking politely with her. And I stopped at a page. I think it was page 700. And it said, whenever you have a contract and you need to share it with your client, email it to the client and send it by fax as well. <laughs> I said to her, do you have a fax machine? She said, yeah, absolutely. I said, have you ever considered the fact that other people don't have a fax machine? Do you actually ever consider killing your own rules? She said, do you think I'm stupid? My KPIs are paying me for producing rules. Why would I be self-destructive? And this is really the essence of what's going on. We increasingly see the world from inside out, not from outside in. When I worked with banks and in, in particular a credit card company, they said to me, hey, we have a horrible customer experience. The NPS score was negative, double digits. So we would like to fix it. I said, fantastic, let's fix it. So we started to analyze where are the friction points? Where are the most horrible, painful friction points? And let me just pause here for a second. The best experiences you have had, customer experience-wise, probably was when you were in need. Probably was when your children, two years old, at a hotel got sick and the hotel, hotel staff went an extra mile for you. Or when you're just about to lose your flight and someone helped you in the last minute and you'll never forget them for it. So I said to her, uh, to this company, listen, um, let's find out what these friction points are all about. And what we learned was that every year, 9% of everyone owning a credit card actually lose the card. So what happens then? You are now traveling overseas. You are in Italy on a fantastic holiday. You lose your credit card and you are a mess because you call the call line and it will take them at least three weeks to courier it over to you because it has to do this and that. So here is the problem. How do you turn it around to a solution? Very simple. You ask yourself a fundamental question, which is, what if someone bought you? What if Amazon bought the credit card company? What would they do? Well, they probably would come up with a solution, like perhaps over delivering and under promising. So what could that be? Imagine you issued an insurance, a $35 a year insurance. Very simple. If you lose your credit card, we'll send it to you within eight hours. We will PayPal $1,000 to your account overnight, and we'll also stop all your other credit cards for you as a service. Now, what I just told you right now is real. We mm. did that. And we actually introduced that as a pilot for 9,000 startup customers in two weeks. 40% decided to go ahead with it. The bank immediately earned money on it. But the funny thing is, or the interesting thing is, the other 60% really didn't care. They were now warned up front, 
they will take three to four weeks before you get the credit card. So we set the expectations and the other ones we earn money on. And this is really the, the message that every problem you have, you can turn around if you look at it from a different perspective. But we have a tendency to see all the problems before they see the opportunities. And that's where we get stuck in the bureaucracy. Because at the workplace, you have, of course, the famous silos, but you also do have KPIs, key performance indicators, which is enforcing or self-enforcing your view of the world. If you do something good, then you will be rewarded. It may be at best, it enforces my department, but I don't care about anyone else. And then on top of that, we're sitting behind our screen eight or 10 hours, hammering away with stuff. So there's no way of having this emotional glue or that buffer between conflicts that's gone, right? So I, I do think that we are on a slippery, slobbery road right now. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I wrote the book, because I felt this is not, for me, it's not just a book. This is incredible important in our society now. I'm curious, you know, we, we've been on Zoom calls for, it feels like a year now. We're staring at our phones all the time. We've not had uh, a lot of human connection. How are we different? How are our brains different than they were uh, maybe eight, nine months ago? And how's that going to affect us in the workplace? We turned into become linear people. Linear people means that we become addicted to or slaves to a schedule, to a certain video feed coming up, to things where we are constantly stimulated with information and we react to it. But we're never proactive anymore. We don't reflect on things anymore. We don't jump into a helicopter and ask ourselves, let me just connect those dots in a new way, in a new interesting way. Four years ago, I skipped my cell phone and my smartphone. I didn't want to have it anymore because what I realized was that I lost my sense of creativity. And after four years looking back in time, I realized that device and the way we live has killed three things. One, we don't meet people anymore. As soon as you're in a bar, you're waiting for someone, the first thing you do is to grab a phone and do anything with a phone so you don't look like a complete loser. The, Mm. The second thing is that we don't see things anymore. Because as soon as we see our two-year-old walking for the first time, we take the smartphone up and we film it. We don't see it. The device sees it. And the third thing, and that's the worst, we never get bored anymore. And boredom is the foundation for creativity. Is that pause in life? Is that defragmentation of your brain, which means that we see things in a different perspective, that we challenge things and we don't act, but we react. But I'm, I'm curious, are we teaching empathy as a business practice? Where did we lose common sense? Well, we lost it along the way with social media. Here's the issue. In social media, we create our own little bubble, self-fulfilling bubble, where we see things from, our, from my perspective. I'm right. I'm the right one. I don't want to have other opinions which are not agreeing with me. What happens is that as I continue receiving an affirmation about what I say is right, I lose the ability to be able to respect other opinions because this is like a muscle. You have to train to accept and recognize there's other opinions around and you have to adopt to them. So this is the first thing. The second thing, which is even worse, I think, is the headline grabbing stuff. We do not have any patience whatsoever right now to listen to the context, to listen to the backstory. And that means every opinion we share is black and white, is yes and no, is fast or slower. 
but it's not the nuances in between. Right. But it's also the thing which is disappearing right now in many ways. One is that we all stuck behind the screen. So I can't decode you. There's nothing, there's no minutes at the water cooler moment at the moment. There's nothing going on in the canteen. I don't have time to do a post call after the Zoom call. It's just back to back all the time. I mean, you're talking about where culture is going, not just on a human level, but humans are being replaced with artificial intelligence. I mean, we are hoping that other human beings will become robots so that we can control them and have a more efficient interaction to get to the money. Is that, is that a fair criticism of culture? It's totally fair. The reason why we as human beings have gotten to the stage we are at right now is because our ability to have, to have empathy. In our brain, there is an area called the uh, supermarginal gyros, which is part of the cerebrum, which is the third layer of our brain. This area evolved more than any other species. That's the reason why we survived when we had a fight with a polar bear or whatever. We could anticipate what the bear was doing because we could put ourselves kind of in the shoes of that or in the feet of that polar bear. But what has happened in recent studies is, neuroscience studies is, we can now see we're losing that brain mass. A study done by the University of Michigan shows that empathy levels have dropped 48% among millennials over the last decade alone. So no one is really willing to listen to each other's argument. And because it continues on and on and on again, my ability to connect with other through empathy disappears because I'm not training the muscle. Now, mm. I'll give you an example. When, when I travel across the world and, and last year before COVID, I went to more than 80 countries a year on average. And one country I went to was Venezuela where I was kidnapped. Wow. And um, I was stuck in a little home, uh, dark as it was, very depressing, very scary with five people with machine guns holding me back for five days. So how did I get out of that situation? Of course, luck is a huge part of this. But the reality was I started to talk to these people. So I asked them about their situation. And after day three, I knew everything about them. I knew everything about them. And they said to me, it's the first time ever anyone was interested in that story. And they literally just gave me the key and I walked out and I'm still in contact with two of my kidnappers. Martin, that is incredible. Well, first of all, let me just say I'm so relieved that you made it through that and, and grateful. Me I mean, that's the obvious thing because you're such a gift yeah. to the world, but that is an incredible story. And you still interact with these people. I still do. I got an email from one of them two weeks ago. And what's so fascinating about this, besides it's a, it's a, it's a crazy story and it's, it's, it's very emotional for me, but what's really crazy about the story is that it was not like I had a magic gift. I was just listening and actually understood where they came from. And I imagine you, you were actually interested. You were, you were genuinely curious. It wasn't a manipulative tactic, I wouldn't imagine. No, not at all. Because here's the reality. In average, a person in Venezuela received, and I'm not kidding, $1 in salary per month. A Coca-Cola cost $1.5. Just to put it into perspective, can you now imagine what situation you're in right now? You are in the worst possible situation you can be in. That someone suddenly cares about that rather than being afraid and arrogant or whatever. And, and, and this, is, this is what I'm trying to say with the current situation in the United States. I don't think people take the time off to really understand the deep-rooted issues of what's really going on. Why do people feel like this? Let's just listen to each other for a second. No, 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 no. 
let's go into certain TV channels which are reinforcing whatever my right. belief is. Let's, right. let's hammer out my black and white opinions about what I think about that idiot in that corner. And that just creates these borders of conflicts and frictions which makes the whole system collapse. It sounds like we seek confirmation bias rather than connection. Absolutely. You have really brought a perspective that is very different. And you know, it's one of those things when you hear the truth, it sounds obvious. Of course, that's our problem. And yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for that, Martin. And let me tell you this story just to encourage you. I gave over a department or I took one of our best uh, team members and, and put them in charge of a very important department at my company. And what I noticed was that she was a community builder. She really loved people. And, I, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you this and to have our, our listeners hear it, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. I, I kind of pulled her aside and in a thoughtful conversation said, look, I'm not convinced that building community scales this organization. I think that uh, if we want to go to the number of people that we want in this community, and it's a community that people have to pay to be in, I think we're going to have to offer more digital assets uh, you know, we're going to have to create some assets that can be delivered in an automated fashion. I just don't think community is going to do it. Martin, her name is April Hawkins, and I, I love her dearly. And I just recently at an all staff meeting turned to her and said, April, I want to thank you for rolling your eyes and ignoring me a year and a half ago when I told you that. Because you've built an incredible community that has been incredibly lucrative. You have figured out ways to help more and more people feel cared about. Because of that, our renewal rates were about 20% over goal, which I, I would have told you would have been impossible if we would have been human beings. Wow, <laughs> and, yeah. And you know, I, I wanna just say to all of our listeners, Martin's right, and I know what you're saying. You're saying we gotta hit these KPIs, we've gotta automate this stuff, we, we've got competition that is gonna smoke us if we stop and take the time to be empathetic with every customer. We need to deliver the minimum viable product and move on. And I would just say, you know, there's, there are probably some instances where that's true, but my intuition, if that is your intuition, what I just said, was actually wrong. And it would have cost me a lot of money. Not that uh, money is the bottom line. I think uh, solving people's problems and caring about them is the bottom line. Some of us who are wired the way I am just want to make sure that it's sustainable. I feel that we are at a split road. And the split road right now is very simple. I don't think there's anything called going back to work. I think we have to call it going forward to work, meaning that going back to work means we're applying the good old, good old routines to a new way of interacting, typically through digital medias. The reality is right now that we will not get back into the office the way we did in the past. As all this stuff is changing, we need to ask ourselves, Where's the human side? Martin Lindstrom, thank you for joining us today. The book is The Ministry of Common Sense. I can't think of an interview recently where we haven't needed a message more. Martin, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Now that you know how to unlock and embrace common sense to grow your business, make sure common sense is reflected in your marketing. Did you know StoryBrand certifies marketing experts who can overhaul your marketing plan? This week's Marketing Minute tip comes from StoryBrand certified guide Don Crossland, who works with restaurants and lets us know how he feels when one tries to operate without an email list. I am shocked and baffled at how many restaurants don't value email, don't have a list. If you're a restaurant, you must, must, must build an email list. 
Do you have an email list where you can communicate clearly the problem you solve for customers? If not, hire a StoryBrand certified guide today at marketingmadesimple.com. Because when Don Crossland started implementing marketing strategies aimed at collecting customer emails for one of his clients. Within two weeks, we had about 400 people on the list. Not only have they have they survived this, this COVID time, they've actually built their customer base. Like they did a Thanksgiving meal that they just, they had to shut it down because it was almost double their biggest day. All of this from the email list. Have a StoryBrand certified guide like Don Crossland overhaul your marketing. Just go to marketingmadesimple.com. Recently, I picked up a book called How Legendary Leaders Speak. And in it, I, I got a surprise. I got a great definition for empathy. Of course, that's the topic of today's episode. And I want to focus our closing thought today on this new definition of empathy that I'd never heard before. Uh, the book, again, is called How Legendary Leaders Speak. It's by a guy named Peter Andre. It's a good book. It just talks about different tactics that, that uh, some leaders use in order to captivate an audience. He starts out, though, with empathy, that the leader has to have empathy and has to communicate empathy in order to connect with that audience. And then he hit me with the definition. His definition, if you will, of empathy is this, shared pain. Shared pain. When we actually share people's pain, we have empathy. This, to me, raises the bar on that definition. I mean, the definition used to be understand people's pain or at least acknowledge people's pain, but share their pain. And that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, if they live in poverty, we go live in poverty too. It means if they live in poverty, we share the feeling of grief, the feeling of frustration that they have because they're in poverty. We make their pain our pain. I think that's a terrific definition of empathy. And it got me thinking, am I really empathetic? I mean, when I say that I understand uh, somebody's frustration, do I really understand it? I think it's uh, it can be very easy for those of us who are, see ourselves as leaders or lead organizations to get into an ivory tower pretty quickly. It's amazing to me how fast it can actually happen. You, you know my story. I, I grew up without money. I didn't have any kind of money really until I was at least 30 years old. And then had a book take off and, and finally I was okay and, and have built a, a business since then and have done really well. I'm amazed at how quickly I forgot how hard it is for many people to just make their mortgage, just make their rent. Uh, I forgot way too quickly. Uh, within a few years, I forgot. And that definition helped me realize that. Now, I've done a lot not to forget. I lead a mastermind of entrepreneurs just getting their businesses started. So they're where I was a few years ago. Some of them are actually doing much better than me. But others, you know, they're still trying to figure it out. How are they going to make their monthly uh, rent and, and start this business at the same time? That has helped me feel their pain. It's helped me be more empathetic. So today's closing thought is just an idea. What if you and I who see ourselves as influencers or who are, are leading groups of people actually went out and searched for pain? We searched for pain that we could feel. The only way you do that is, one, you had to go feel the pain, or two, you get to know so closely the people who are feeling that pain, and you get to love them and care about them so much that you feel it too. That's real empathy. And that is a much tougher definition than just uh, saying that you understand somebody's pain. Actually feeling it raises the bar. What I'm not saying is that 
those of us who uh, have wealth need to go uh, practice solidarity with the poor by actually uh, being poor ourselves, giving up all our possessions. I think there, there's some people who are called to that. Mother Teresa was called to that. What we really need to do with people who are in pain is help them get out of pain. What we really need to do with people who are in poverty is pave a giant road that helps them get out of it. That if they want to walk that road, of course, they have to walk it. But if they want to walk it, they can. That's what you do with people's pain. You help them out of it. But until we actually feel it, we're not very motivated to help anybody get anywhere. We've got to go back and we've got to remember the struggles that people are in. So the challenge is this. Those of us who are leaders, if we want empathy... We've got to go find out what people are really feeling, and we've got to care for them so much that we start to feel it too. Otherwise, we'll be rejected as leaders. You know, I've noticed it doesn't matter how wealthy you are, how successful you are, how famous you are. People are for you if they sense that you feel their pain, and they're against you the second they sense that you don't. Empathy. Shared pain. We could all use a little more of it. Business Made Simple podcast is here for you every week thanks to our community of listeners like you, as well as subscribers to our online business school at businessmadesimple.com, our certified coaches at certifiedbusinesscoach.com, and our certified marketing experts at marketingmadesimple.com. You can also apply to become a coach at certifiedbusinesscoach.com or one of our marketing guides at marketingmadesimple.com. The Business Made Simple podcast is hosted by Donald Miller and co-hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson and Kula Callahan. It's produced, engineered, and edited by me, Bobby Richards. Doug Keim and Tim Schur are our executive producers, and Melissa Paduzzi and Lindsay Frail are co-producers. The Business Made Simple podcast. It's the best place to grow yourself, the best place to grow your team, the best place to grow your business.